The sponsor for the Shepherd's Crook Podcast for the month of September is Zero Mile Mark. Zero Mile Mark is a veteran-owned company that strives to offer high-quality, active, outdoor sports gear. They are on mission to get people outdoors by offering an array of products like tents, backpacks, hammocks, sleeping bags, lighting, and more. All sales have a 30-day warranty and ship via two-day shipping to 97% of the United States. And get this deal. For a limited time only, listeners can head over to ZeroMileMark.com and take advantage of their free tent promotion. Yes, you heard that right. If you'll get online, add any item into the shopping cart that exceeds $30, a tent will appear automatically for $0. It's a free tent, easy checkout, and fast shipping. And guys, I have this tent. I also have a backpack from there and can testify it's great quality. It's a real deal. And Brian, the owner, is a really cool guy. I want you guys to get some stuff, get some products, get this free tent, and get outdoors. Enjoy your life. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 57. We're walking through our worldview series, and I'm wanting to equip you and train you to teach your people how to think through worldview issues through the lenses of the Bible, because the Bible is applicable in all of life, and so we want to think through the sufficiency of the Word as we look at our world today and think as rightly as we possibly can about it. And so today I'm talking about racism and racial reconciliation. Let's pray and ask for the Lord's help. I know I need it. And then we'll talk about this hot-button real issue. Jesus, we need your help. We need your wisdom and direction. Help us think through racism and racial reconciliation in the right sort of way. And I pray for all the listeners, especially the pastors that are out there, that you would help them be equipped to open their word and address the situations that we face today in the most biblical manner we possibly can. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, in case you don't know, there has been racial tension, and if you get online, and get on Twitter. Twitter, again, I've said it before, but it's kind of like a garbage dump on fire all the time. But there are accusations and arrows shot back and forth in the media from the left and the right, and people that are really confused about racism and racial reconciliation and all the tension that exists in our country today and in our churches today. And it's confusing for a lot of people. It's hard to talk about uh, if you're white. It's hard to know how to engage in conversation with black brothers and sisters the conversation, it really just, it just always is confusing. And so it's like we need some sort of authoritative word, some book that we can go to that's going to give us all the things that we need. It's going to give us handles and it's going to give us our bearings. It's going to be a ballast for the soul. It's almost like we need some sort of book from God to help us understand our current issues. And okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I think we might have that. Yeah, we have the Bible. That's good. And it's right in front of me and it's open. The lie of the enemy, the lie of the serpent has always been, and I'm going to plead with you and to try to plead with your people to not buy the lie. And what the enemy wants to do is is to take what I'm about to do and say that it is insufficient, that the Bible is actually insufficient for today. The gospel is not, quote unquote, enough. And the serpent's always been getting people to roll their eyes at the simplicity that, you know, the quote, simplicity, end quote, of God's word, as if it is not enough to address the current situations. But friends, the Bible is sufficient for all of life. 
and it is enough to be able to help us understand the current sins that we face and the path forward. So let's look at these two words. First, racism. Where does racism come from? Well, our authoritative book tells us, the Bible tells us where racism comes from, and it is all the way rooted back in that Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve are in the garden, and they sinned. They broke God's law. And then after they broke God's law, they knew that they were naked and they felt shame. They felt shame and tried to cover their shame. And man-made religion starts in Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. Then the eyes of both were opened, they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. They tried to fix their mistake. They tried to cover their own sin and shame. And people have been doing that, coming up with a false gospel down through the millennia. People cover shame and they cover their own sin by their own means. And some people cover their own shame and their own sin through the means of racism or racial superiority. You see, racism has been around a long time. We see this absolutely everywhere. We see this in Jew and Gentile racial tension back and forth throughout the pages of the Old Testament and into the New Testament. And we see this into today. We see that people are putting themselves in places of superiority, whether it's white or black or Hispanic or Asian, whatever it may be, and people have still sewn together their own loincloths to make them feel better or more superior than anybody else to cover their shame and to cover their own sin. Racism has been around for a long time because we have all sinned in Adam, Romans 5. So when Adam sinned, we all sinned. And racism is a result of that sin that day of Adam and Eve and you and I taking the fruit of the tree, the knowledge of good and evil in the garden, and eating. We all were there, and we all did it. And that's why racism exists, and it's brutal, and it's terrible, and we've simply seen oppression ever since. That's the problem. Genesis 3. Now, what's the path forward? I wish that there was some authoritative book that would tell us how we could be reconciled. I wish there was some authoritative book would tell us the, the mechanics of it and the ins and outs of it, how we can get rid of systemic problems throughout our society and in our world. And oh, wait, there is a book. Again, it's, it's not as if the Bible just gives us the problem. The, the Bible also gives us the solution here. And Ephesians 2 gives us the solution. How did Jews and Gentiles get together? How do they... How did the dividing wall of hostility get broken? And the Bible's primary way to talk about racial reconciliation, even though we were all created, all humans are created in the image of God, the image of God is not the primary way the Bible speaks of racial reconciliation. The primary way the Bible speaks about it is the cross of Christ. And we know in the cross of Christ that Jesus only died for human beings, but the Bible takes us to the cross so the dividing walls of hostility between us would be shattered and broken, just completely annihilated. And when we sing about it in a room together with people from all over the world, we celebrate the work of the cross together. It's amazing that the cross actually has unifying power, believe it or not. But we see it here in Ephesians chapter 2. And again, the enemy is going to come to us and, and lie to us and tell us that this is too simple. It's not. It doesn't. We don't understand the nuts and bolts of the systemic problems that we face, and certainly this can't address the systemic problems that we face. Well, I beg to differ. The authoritative word tells us differently. Here's what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace and has made us both one Jew and Gentile. 
and has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law and commandments expressed in the ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two by making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. When the enemy's accusations come, well, the cross is not enough, it's not enough, it's too simplistic, it's too whatever, we are literally looking at the cross of Christ and saying, Jesus, what you did isn't enough. You didn't kill the hostility. Actually, your work on that tree didn't take care of this. We are denying the sufficiency of the word. But the Bible tells us where hostility goes to die. The Bible tells us where to go to be reconciled to one another. And as believers in Jesus, it's not we who have to walk in racial reconciliation. We have been reconciled. We have to believe it or not. It's a matter of believing the work of Jesus is sufficient or not. Jesus reconciled the human race. That's what he did on the cross. The cross is where racism goes to die. That is where racism goes to die. And then we ask beyond that, well, how does that play itself out in our society, in our world? Because we can't just say, well, the gospel does this. Well, yeah, we can because the gospel does this. And here's how racial reconciliation in our world dies. People get saved. People meet Jesus. The Great Commission goes forth. We take the gospel and we proclaim it to the nations. And by God's grace, racist, those who have taken on a position of racial superiority, when they meet Jesus, they realize, I can't hold that position anymore. That is a sin I must repent of and it must die because Jesus killed that hostility and broke down that dividing wall. And I have brothers and sisters who are not my color that are actually my family purchased by the very blood of Jesus. We are blood-bought brothers and sisters. The cross is where racial reconciliation happens, and it's where systemic brokenness gets restored. And so as the kingdom of God spreads throughout this world, racial harmony spreads throughout this world. And the enemy doesn't want you to buy it. The enemy wants you to think that the Bible isn't sufficient, that the cross doesn't do what the cross actually does. And really, if you'll understand the real issues of the day, if you'll really understand the racism that that I've experienced or that you've experienced or whatever, then you would realize that we have to have more than the cross. And friends, that's a lie. The cross is where racism goes to die, and the cross is where we go for reconciliation. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.